Hello and welcome to Campaign Comrades, your favorite leftist gaming podcast. I am your host, Ben, and with me as always are my co-hosts. I'm Mike. And it's me, Matt. Rick is on vacation this week, so it is just the three of us coming at you guys uh, today. We are uh, covering some interesting stuff, but before we you know, really jump into it, uh, who's got a heated gaming moment? It was a, a particularly busy couple of week, week or two, so what do we got? I can tell you personally that uh, my heated gaming moment was going to be from earlier in the week, and then it was a now it's going to be from an hour ago, roughly. Nice. Uh, Putting in real gamer hours. Oh yeah. Well, I was I was super unsatisfied last night when I went to bed because I couldn't finish it. Uh, I, I've I've been playing Sifu for the listeners. Uh, you know, Kung Fu, avenging my father's death or my master. You know, one or the other. Both. Both. I'm pretty sure it's both. Yeah. Uh, either way. And I got to uh, the last level and I made my way through last night and I told Ben, you know, I'm going to try to distract myself. I'm not trying to play Forbidden West right now because Elden Ring comes out next Friday and I have to pick favorite children and they're being very cruel to me. Would have been so much it's better. It's always hard. It's always hard. Would have been so much better if Elden Ring released in uh, January like it was supposed to because then I would have had a full month to like enjoy the game, be able to like beat it and then do Forbidden West and be able to go back. But can't do that. So I last night, you know, got to the, the final boss, got the shortcut. So I'd unlock the straight, the straight path right to him. Got my ass kicked, got my ass kicked, got my ass kicked. I think I died like four times in a row without even getting like any real damage to his posture bar. Just because he has so many combos and he just he, he throws them out there so casually. It's very annoying at, at points. What's your youngest age that you got to the final boss? Uh, I got to him at 57, and I beat him at 68. Sick. Uh, and I'm going back now. I just actually beat the first level uh, deathless completely, so I did a perfect run of the first level. Super cool. Because uh, I was just Neo seeing Sweet. the fucking Matrix after I uh, beat him this morning. It like it all fell into place. Like the combat all just finally like made sense. It's like I was relying too much on parrying. You need to dodge in place more because like when you dodge in place, it like throws them off balance and then you hit them and it just destroys their posture and it's way better. Uh, That's like the ducking mechanic yeah, stuff. Yep. Oh, I'm so bad at yep. that. I am so bad I think at the, that. That was the thing Makes for me. me so mad. Last night, I was, I finally, when I'd, I'd fought him like 10 or 12 times last night and lost over and over again, was getting more and more frustrated, you know, death after death. I did eventually mm -hmm. get to the point where I could deathless his first phase because his first phase started to make sense what his combos were. There's some actually really cool moments where it's just like him throwing a flurry of blows and you just flurry deflect. And it, it's like super cinematic. And then you get the final parry and you punch him in the chest. Bop, 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 bop. He, he stumbles backwards. Sick. It's like one of those, uh, it's like a really like matrix type moment. But then the second phase comes around and he is just throwing these unblockable attacks that you can't parry. And my over-reliance on parrying was being the death of me because he was just destroying my posture, destroying my health, killing me quickly. Like he has so many combos that can just, chunk your health bar away when you're over 60 years old like you get hit by one of them and you're dead it's super cool yeah you're just a little old man what do you what do you expect 
I feel like yeah, when you there's... get to the older ages, you should get like Jackie Chan's like drunk uncle powers, and you can just. Oh start no! As you get with, older, like, you get stronger. Each, each yeah, it's, 10 it's years a trade off. You get, you get more strength. More strength, but your health bar goes down. Yeah. And that it. makes sense in the the nature of you know how kung fu is portrayed to us in movies. You know, the old master always wise beyond his years is able to take down the you know the youthful dad strength through the fundamentals you know uh, you know conservation of uh and you know efficiency of energy transference yeah, yeah. exactly dad strength. It's master roshi and shit so i have not gotten to the later levels yet but like you know the i mean the clear inspiration obviously for the game is like you know every popular you know uh, martial arts film and it really captures those cinematic moments any standouts from the later levels uh there's a moment uh fourth level the tower when you get to the like the basement area which is like this gigantic cavern it's it's crazy and you have this choice to just go through the pathway or like the the path just kind of, you're following is a cliff face and it just kind of ends and if you walk over and look down it's just you know it goes down and if you just jump you just fall all the way straight down into the boss room, uh, skipping the entire basement area. Lose any health? I mean, no, you don't lose any health because it's like a cinematic, but you get the like the, the superhero uh, landing down into the boss room. The superhero room. landing, yeah. <laughs> and you, nice. there's an achievement for it. Uh, it's called like High Diver or something like that. It's like skip the basement and just go straight to the boss. It's that like that Neo landing about to face uh, an agent or something like that. So, uh, but what aspect of the game has gotten you the most heated through the course of your play, your playthrough? It was probably just the fact that, especially the final boss, he just fucking mocks you the whole time that he's kicking your ass. He's like, you trained for eight <laughs> years and this is the best you can do. He'll, he'll just like stop fighting and he'll just like stand there and cross his arms. And he's like, just fight better. Like you're not doing well. <laughs> he just insults the shit out of you the whole time. He's a 12 year old telling you to get good. Yeah, Exactly. And he, he's just shit talking you as he's just destroying you with these uh, the disrespect. And I mean, the, the best part is that he's just a fist fighter. There's no gimmick to his weapon. There's no like he doesn't disappear into the forest and come out and slice you. He doesn't uh, wield a gigantic pole. He's just a fist fighter, just like you. And a lot of the moves he uses are your moves and kind of sucks when he throws them back in your face and does it better. It tells you you suck. But speaking of uh, blatant disrespect, we got to uh, move to my heated gaming moment of the week. I, uh, you know, kind of went off. I, I popped off, went a little bit nutty with it in the group chat when we heard the news from uh, Larian Studios uh, about their their announcement that they will continue to hold Baldur's Gate three in early access for at least another year. So, listeners of the show will know by now that you know that we've been playing through uh another larian studios property divinity original sin 2 we've been really enjoying it and that's my heated gaming moment because rick had to go on vacation and i didn't get my vacation fix last night can, we didn't get our play yeah so we'll, we'll be playing on uh we plan on monday but uh you know to make up for lost time but you know we've been enjoying it so much and it's just been getting me more and more excited about Baldur's gate and you know it's been in early access since like October 2020 at this point and they're saying don't expect it until 2023 we're like we've got at least a year of development left 
And it's like at that point, we're looking at almost three years in early access. I will say that the only positive is like the the the, the time old statement: uh, a delayed game can still be a good game, but a rushed game, right, is always bad. Right. My my point is not that like I'm pissed that they're delaying it. I'm just pissed that like yeah, it's... of how they like rolled out the early access. Like the early access should have been coming out now. Like you know the. I I remember when they were announcing the what you know became the original early access launch in 2020. I swear to God, every piece of marketing like about it completely uh, you know overlooked. Well, that was that the aspect. first time you talked like, to me about building a gaming PC because you're like, I want to build a gaming PC so I can play Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, it's like they made a huge deal about it. Like, uh, uh, you know, it's the most recent you know, actual adaptation of uh, Dungeons and Dragons in a CRPG, like, so Wizards of the Coast and D&D, like, made a huge deal about it, like, at their, you know, their their yearly, uh, what is it, uh, celebrations, that's what they call it, um, and, you know, they've got, like, big events and all, and they had this, like, big reveal for their, you know, the cinematic trailer and everything, and it's, like, you know, coming out uh, in just a couple months, and, you know, then uh when it rolls out it's like yeah you you get to play the first chapter and now it's been the first chapter for over two years or essentially two years hell the patch that they that they put out with this uh with this announcement was it's like they're still just introducing classes you know they're they they're introducing a like a staple fifth edition class the barbarian class and it's taken them that fucking long it's just like it should never it should not have been put out in that state in 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 my opinion and it and it gets to this larger trend that i that i want to talk about at least for some part of the show um this is the trend in in uh game release marketing you know it's announced as early as possible uh you you know can never be seen to be you know you can't be can't be caught slipping you can't or can't be uh uh silent at yeah, any you gotta time be you always have off to your be... new ip and you know uh showing people that you're making moves you got to stay relevant and then they hype these games for so fucking long and it's just across the industry right and it's just i know it's a it's something that that we like complain about a lot and it's we're never we're never advocating for studios to you know adopt policies like crunch and you know unpaid overtime and all that kind of shit to uh you know meet these deadlines but you can't help that they uh you know that that it's the management that it's the executive level that's you know bringing this shit on themselves because don't it's, talk they, about it before it's ready to be talked about that's really the only right they they announced a game, you know, they announced a game five years, uh, you know, ahead of time, which we all know these games take a long fucking time to make, you know, they take, uh, the, you know, it's by far the most time intensive well, yeah, bit of popular media. Let, let's look at the fact that uh, Nintendo announced that they were making Metroid Prime 4 in 2017. It is 2022. And we have not seen a single scrap of footage of that game and it has been restarted once at the very least maybe twice well and i think and the so. way nintendo does things sorry is it the way nintendo does things is something i will want to get to but um because i think they are an interesting look at uh like when comparing to the rest of the industry but go ahead mike what are you gonna say? i think part of it is you know like i said they're get out uh new ip new new being in quotes just like a, yeah. a new version of their ip whatever it may be and new IP you know, can for be certain, scary. 
Yeah. But for certain studios, I think, you know, they, as soon as they have the idea that they're making a game or like they've put it in their budget that they're making a game, it, it's kind as of- As soon as the algorithm has green has greenlit the project. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As soon as the algorithm has told the executives what they need to do behind like the council of, uh, of darkness in like the deucing room and- <laughs> You know, so the algorithm tells them, okay, it's okay to do this now. And, you know, we got Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. So, you know, maybe, well, if people are waiting for three years, we're going to stoke up the the sales on, on those games because people want to play this IP, want to play this content. And, you know, we're just like withholding from them. So it, it boosts those sales. And, you know, I mean, that's anecdotal, but I'm sure that you could find evidence of across the, the industry of, you know, older IP, I'm sure with Horizon Forbidden West, you know, Ben, you're a prime example. Like you bought Zero Dawn in in anticipation of of Forbidden West, um, you know, and maybe you wouldn't have had been there, had there not been the delay or maybe, you know, you would have played it after or something like that. But, you know, it's just a way of stoking up the consumer base to keep spending more IP as they wait more money on IP as they wait for the, the newest uh, version. Well, they've also learned from a, a little known game called PUBG that people will pay to sit in early release hell for a game forever. And like, Again, if you can the consumers release a little piggies and they get what they it, deserve. That's, that's golden. Like that's the, the, right. I guess like, yeah, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? And it's free QA testing, you know? It's the, like, it's the best and, group of testing monkeys you're ever going to get because the general public are like, are the people who are going to find the weird glitch where you uh, pass through and the they're floor. just relentless or ruthless in right. their in their reviews. But you know, and I, and I know we're not going to focus on it much in this episode, but just with the Activision, you know, they're moving to embed their QA testers with the developers, but. It, you know, and they've been laying off QA testers, and it wouldn't be a surprise to me if QA testers like go by the wayside completely, and it's all just, just trying to crowdsource. It's all crowdsourced uh, quality assurance testing because it's fr- yeah. it's free. You know, it's free. You get tons of. Not people. only is it free, but you get you get you, they pay to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. They literally pay. They literally pay to do the work for, for you. Yeah, and like like Matt said, they're gonna find the weirdest glitches, and, and you know. I'm not saying that the quality assurance testers in studio are doing a bad job. It's just like they're doing their job within their, you know, 40 hour, maybe 80 hour crunch work week. Well, you have Mm -hmm. millions of people or, you know, thousands of people spending thousands of hours, you know, in game, just, you know, the pure, the pure number disparity is in the favor of the public, you know, simply dedicate more hours to it in, in, in aggregate for sure. But like it's it's definitely I think the case that this you know these policies absolutely contribute to things like crunch and they I mean it's a, it's a kind of a cyclical pattern right it's like they they hype a game for so long uh, it creates fan backlash on why the fuck are you taking so long why is nothing happening that then oh they got a crunch um, that then creates a shittier game it it uh, not not to mention you know all the harm it does to employees. Um, but then, uh, you know, leads to a shitty game, which leads to more backlash and leads to, you know, more shittier projects. It's just, 
you know, they yeah. need to, okay, we got to like, we got to distract them from our shitty battlefield launch, you know? So we got to <laughs> like, talk about the next, the next big game we're, we're putting out. Like, no, 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 don't think about that one. Well, and then imagine uh, our, our just... battlefield launch wasn't our fault. It was Halo's fault. <laughs> yeah. It's not our fault. They made a better game. Well, and imagine being the worker, whether it's a developer or a QA tester and like, I can't imagine trying to like manage your time of these different games that like have all these changing deadlines, you know, it, it must just be madness and, and you know, constantly uh, adding new games on or like having to go back and change things. You know, I, I wouldn't be happy. All right. So you already mentioned um, horizon Forbid- forbidden West and you know, it's definitely something ahead of launch that has gotten a lot of people uh, in the community heated is the you know the whole marketing fiasco with its pricing and again it's i think it ties into this this topic is the fact that it had to be delayed created all this kind of uncertainty around its pricing because the to break it full down fully it was in its original launch window horizon forbidden west was uh you know part of the the group of games that were that fell into the the ps5 launch window which were all um, which were, would all be cr- cross uh, generational games available for PS4 as well as PS5, but then allowing for uh, purchase of the PS4 version for a free PS5 upgrade. However, when it eventually had to be pushed, because again, they started the marketing process way too early, Sony was like, oh, it's no longer within the PS5 launch window that we you know, agreed upon. So it is no longer valid for, for said reduction in price because all ps5 games are now just fucking 70 dollars, which is crazy to um me. it's absurd um so then of course that pissed off so many people and they're like okay wait okay okay sorry we take it back we take it back sony is like we'll still we'll, we'll still let you you know do do the deal you know you can you can get the ps4 version and do the free upgrade however they then made it as difficult as possible to follow through with that like all sorts of problems with trying to find the the correct version on your uh, on the ps uh marketplace the for these are for digital releases um like things with like if you bought a ps4 disc version and got the ps5 upgrade you would constantly need to use the ps4 disc and there were some technical problems with that i don't that one is a little bit beyond my my knowledge that's a weird um, one to me because if you have the ps5 disc you still have to have the disc in the whole time you still have to put the disc right yeah, like this so like i mean that, i know that, i saw, that I know like I saw that as a thing but like uh a little on the they're just saying like why can't just arguing why, semantics why can't i just get the the, the digital since it's a digital upgrade why can't i just get the full digital game for for it's that just because cost? the, the um, disc uh, is the license authentication is how they use the disc for the right net. and it's it's uh I mean, I, I totally again. I'm I'm on the side of the of the consumer and the in the 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 whole. Oh, bit absolutely. That, you know, so I'm just I'm just pur- purposely making it as difficult as possible. But yeah, no, I, I don't. I, that one is was was weird to me. But the also there there was then well, their in store promotional materials like in in the displays that they had in stores were all right. displaying the ps5 version very prominently and then like the ps4 yeah. is like on the bottom or whatever yeah, well and i mean the only price tag they had like visible anywhere both in physical and digital marketing was basically the seven dollar price the, it was the funniest thing i've seen about this was uh best buy i guess 
had a little snafu on launch where they sent some people who got the special editions, the PS4 special edition instead of the PS5 and vice versa. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's not good. So so that's funny because like anyone who has the PS5, it doesn't matter that you can you can just put the disc in and it'll play. But if you had a PS4 and you bought the PS4 special edition and then you got a PS5 disc, imagine looking that at that and just be like, oh, cool. Can't yeah. play now. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, maybe I can put this on my shelf. And when I when the console gods, you know, finally deem me worthy to get a PS5, uh, you know, maybe you can play it then. But then there was also the whole bit about like the if you did it and if you went through the whole rigmarole of being able to actually try to find where the, the price was actually $60. Um, it was, you know, people were then, I think, still rightfully complaining that um, in that case, uh, if unless you paid the full version, you couldn't preload the game for digital. You had to wait till launch to download it. I mean, it's a, it's a, I think it's a val, it's a valid complaint. Like, you know, it depends on, you know, people's. I, I guess I shrug I mean, because my internet's so good. So like, I, I have that. It's like quote unquote professionals like us, you know, it's like, you know, it's good for us to, you know, get the game as soon as we can. And, you know, that those, those, you know, people who have real lives, you know, uh, can only get their, you know, their hobbying hours in at a certain time. And, you know, that is not insignificant in my opinion. I think it's more for the people whose internet is as good and their downloads would take significantly longer. Right. There were people, I don't remember what game it was that was launching. It wasn't Call of Duty because Call of Duty is always like 180 gigabytes because they don't want you to have other games. Uh It was like, uh, maybe it was God of War PC. Was that like 50 gigabytes or something like that? 48 gigs? Yeah, that might be. That sounds about right. They they were complaining that it was going to take their internet like 37 hours to download it or something like that and i was i was doing the math on that i was like man holy shit you need starlink tm thanks elon <laughs> i think for me the, the funniest part of this whole fiasco was uh, uh richard hogue of hogue law who's like a, a video game attorney and you know content creator just going ham on sony in his tweets and all these like uh, different gaming journalists just writing these articles about him and just like slamming him. Meanwhile, they don't understand like anything going on behind the scenes of like how, how this is like a, you know, a, a bad consumer practice. Uh, there's potential for like class action litigation, you know, because it's false marketing, things like that. And, mm-hmm. and, and my favorite like tweet reply that I saw was like, it's not good when lawyers are doing better game journalism than the journalists, you know, because mm. this was something that they weren't even picking up the, the journalists and weren't even really upset about. And even critiquing Hogue were kind of like, you know, almost as if it was a non-issue and like, suck it up. Like, you know, Sony, Sony's going to do what Sony's going to do, you know, and all, all the Sony ponies in the the comments on these articles, just like, ripping on this lawyer who like actually knows how the the licensing works you know the law behind like false uh advertising and things like that and you know how it's how it could affect the corporation how it's going to affect the consumer and it's just like 
my favorite was this was Microsoft's fault because they they put Sony in a position where Sony had to has to make more revenue in order to keep up because otherwise Microsoft is going to put Sony out of business in five years. And I was just sitting there like cackling because, you know, it's just absolutely ridiculous that someone would say Sony is going to, you know, go by the wayside because of Microsoft. I, you know, I think that's, you know, even with the consolidation we've seen, that's kind of a, a, a far-fetched idea. Um, I think the idea that it would happen in five years is the the funniest part about that. When you look at their yeah. market shares currently. Yeah. Where Microsoft <laughs> has the, the lower market share. All right. So the, the next thing I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, it's still within this, you know, this trend of, of how games are announced in the, the process of, you know, pre-announcing things, uh, you know, years and years in advance. One of like one, like the one I want to, I want to talk about right off the bat is, uh, our perennial foe Activision Blizzard um, revealed in a blog post uh, a a survival game that they are called unannounced in the in the announcement post. They're saying it is a it, it remains an unannounced game, and I just like literally my brain like just kind of uh, froze for a minute as I tried to parse that out, and it was just ridiculous. Hey, but so it speaks to this this new trend. Was one second that yeah. uh, you know we rather you know rather than you know having the the big hubbub and like you know we were we like you know we 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 you know got to stop the clocks we've got to uh you know get everybody into uh things like your nintendo direct or like your your uh, playstation state of play and all that kind of stuff rather than having these kind of big announcements and spending a lot of money on marketing and doing all that they're still you know doing the shit with you know this is years and years in advance like we're announcing an unannounced game that's just you know the most comical one but like they're doing it in now in the most casual like backhanded way like these blog posts being like the main contender hell like grand theft auto 6 was was announced officially not even through a blog post but through a reply to a blog post fantastic it's a Substack nation, baby. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, the 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 unannounced uh, announcements is just like the shitty evolution of the untitling announcements when games launch with like a trailer, but like we don't know the name yet. It'll be like <laughs> Project Triangle Strategy, Eight Paths. Maybe. Like, oh shit! That that's actually so we just get stuck. That's actually the name. I know, but like that's like Untitled Goose Game. So that one is at least was at least meme worthy. Oh yeah, no that that that's a fun meme, but uh, it, it's just a shitty evolution on the title launch. It's like, oh, this isn't even a launch launch. This is just like, hey, maybe. I I, I first thought it was a typo, you know, untitled, unannounced, because just like, how are you? You know, how are you like a Harvard graduate with a communications degree writing these blog posts for you know a giant corporation and like saying things like we're announcing an announced game you know like right. I, it's just like what what is what is our education system what the fuck are, are corporations doing like you know what's going they're on they're doing they think they're doing 12 dimensional chess they're just being idiots but it's like here's another one like uh respawn entertainment announced yeah. <laughs> uh this is like you know last month like three new star wars games including the sequel to jedi fallen order in a fucking tweet with no details about any of hey, them. we're working on these by hey they yeah. gave some details here here it's a sequel you know <laughs> we, we know that much yeah but a game sequel could be a prequel 
like true but it's like hey go speculate about this for a while and like you know then get mad at us when, when we don't when, match your you know, perfect we... expectations exactly something i want to oh my god something i want to get better at tracking is like when these announcements come out especially for the one like the the respawn entertainment announcement for fallen order sequel like on all across all the platforms where you could buy the game i want to look at the prices are they like is it corresponding to a sale so that they think or you know hope that people go buy fallen order that haven't because they're you know juiced up that it's gonna get mm. a sequel? i mean you can get you fallen know, order on any of the steam sales for like fucking 15 bucks no, I, I know that on Steam, it has that one in particular has had a lot of sales recently, and that's kind of what triggered this uh, this thought. But, you know, so that, that one might be a little bit harder to, to do. But, like, any of these games, like, you know, when, when Baldur's Gate 3, you know, uh, gets a firm date, you know, will Baldur, Baldur's Gate 2 go down in price because they're trying to, you know, juice up the sales? Um, or will they take it off the store to completely to make you angry? <laughs> Or, or no, like that's you know you're like yeah, both possible. Yeah, you're I was gonna say ne- like, never, never possible. rule out the evil option. Yeah, no, it's totally possible because they want everyone to buy the full price Baldur's Gate three. Like you yeah. know, I could totally <laughs> see that. So I think it's just yeah, no, like we we take we take them away. So we like you you guys are your addicts. You 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 need your fix, and you yeah, know you like the more slot. we can like you know force that's what force the GTA withdrawal symptoms did. onto you. Then... They, they they rolled it back, but they they did it initially. They're like no more original GTA one, two, and three, and everyone's like, why would you do that? They were better. Yeah, like, and that yeah now you got to play our dog shit version. And that one's even more interesting because it's the rematch. So like, you know, that that I think has a slightly different analysis, but very similar. But like with these new games coming out or just like the announcement of the sequels, like how much are they trying to just drive up the sales of uh, of older IP, um, whether it's, you know, putting it on sale to correspond with that so people are more likely to buy it you know etc it's just i think something interesting to kind of look out for if you're listening activision uh please don't do that if, if you aren't doing these things already please, please don't steal actually no if, yeah, if you're doing like, that credit like, me hmm. give me a cut <laughs> oh yeah fair either way <laughs> works Say Bobby Kotick just like you know just got fucking rock hard at the yeah. at the thought. It's like oh my god, his, how could I be more evil and make more bit. money? Yeah, Matt, I'm pretty sure you brought it up beforehand. Um, comparatively uh, to the majority of the industry, Nintendo does seem to kind of largely oh, yeah. fuck this trend of of how they how they announce their games. I just brought like, up Metroid Prime we just because it's funny. No, but it's a good example. It is a good example, and like we we get it. Uh, we just had a you know another Nintendo Direct. Um, I mean, they, they are. It's not like they're they're not constantly putting those things out and like you know constantly promoting their games, but it's how they do it. Uh, you know, the games that they announce at any Direct are basically not shown until they're essentially ready for release. You know, we'll go through the things that that uh, you know. I want to do a breakdown of this Direct. It was a it was, it was a, good a good one, one. I think. But it was, um, but you know, with 10. maybe the exception of of some, with maybe the exception of like some of the larger like tentpole games, like you know, the one that really comes to mind is the you know Breath of the Wild two, whatever you know they 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 are constantly putting stuff out, but it's even that is very measured, and they are not they don't actually put like expected by this date and whatever. It's, I, I actually still thought about it, and I think the reason it wasn't shown in this direct is they're saving that for the summer direct for the holiday 
uh, November launch. Right. Yeah, I think so too. Right, but like, but most most other things, it's like you don't fucking hear about them at all. That Nintendo's doing anything about it at all until it's like, oh, here I've we've got this, uh, you know, announcement that like, uh, um, you know, Star Wars. Uh, uh, what's the what's the game? Not not even the Kotor remake. The uh, the Force Unleashed game oh, that's being yeah, ported that, over. That's it's coming like, out. Yeah, it's like you, you never heard about this. Like that we were doing this, but uh, here it's coming out in the summer. You know, like it's it's like two months away, and that's what we get basically with everything. And I mean, maybe that's that is a a, a reason in and of itself is a lot of these things are like ports of old games moving moving well, that, to that direct the, was definitely targeted around showing off what was coming out for the Switch in the next like six months. It was definitely getting right. people who bought the Switch OLED, who got a Switch for Christmas, like, hey, look at what you're going to be getting in the next couple months. Like, keep uh, following the line. We'll get you the Save your money. I definitely think that is a more effective way to do it, though, because, again, it's like you're, you're not, you're not uh, building up people's expectations to a degree where they can only be disappointed, whereas now it's just like, holy shit, look at all these cool, shiny things. I was going to say, I, think, I actually think their the, pacing is pretty good the on their launch months. windows, too, because they give you right. the time to play right. each game so that you're never, like, right. you're not getting Wii Sports and Mario Strikers in the same month. Even think of their Pokemon releases. Like you had like three months to play Brilliant Diamond and Pearl before Arceus came out, you know, and that that's more than enough time to beat Diamond and Pearl and then move on to the next game. I had a theory that Arceus was supposed to be a holiday launch and it had to get pushed. And that's why Diamond and Pearl got moved up and moved into the, the holiday launch. Because they could do it quicker. Arceus was still, a, was still an unfinished game. So I believe it. Yeah. Pokemon Minecraft. Uh, yeah, but you already you already you're, you're you're already getting us right into it, Matt, and I'm ready to go. I am so fucking hyped for Nintendo Switch Sports. Absolutely, you have no idea. I'm sad that Rick isn't here because he and I were uh, Wii Sports table goats back in the day. Like you know, nobody could step to us and have any hopes of coming out alive. You know, I am so fucking excited. This I, is going to. I know I was goaded on numbers archery. for them. I was the archery champion. I was looking through it yesterday, so that like I was like trying to remember. Okay, what was what were the other sports primarily from Nintendo Wii Resorts? Yeah, like mm-hmm. which which ones came from that? And archery was definitely the top. Yeah, the top one from from that one. The ones that were missing out on from the original sports, like uh, it's like there's like boxing. Oh, and- boxing! They said they're going to be adding. They're going to keep adding sports to it. And Nintendo generally supports their games after launch. Yeah, golf was the other one, but that is one in the direct. They said like it'll come the out fall. in a few months after yeah. they're they're doing they're doing golf, which was also another goaded one. Because golf was, was the one my dad loved um, on the Wii. That was his uh, like escape. No, it was a good one game, but it's it's no, it was a good one. It was definitely really good. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, Wii golf a lot, but you know, tennis is the absolute pinnacle. I'm excited of, for volleyball. You know, co-op experience. Vol- volleyball volleyball looks looks sick. But uh, I'm probably like, because I know I'm going to love tennis. I oh, know yeah. that that's good. That like that's a thing. But oh man, I am so excited for badminton. I am so <laughs> fucking psyched for badminton. Oh man, I'm going to go so hard. If I like, I mean, it's probably going to happen. That I'm going to like, I'm going to get so excited. I'm going to break my TV. Oh yeah, everyone, remember wear your what wrist you, straps. Yeah. What do you guys think about the if you get the physical version that comes with the leg strap yo, ex- that you can use yo, for that's soccer? soccer? You can use Absolutely. for soccer. That looks sick. Yeah, no, 
I was pretty excited about that. That's cool. Like no, knowing Nintendo, that accessory is going to get used for so much shit. They're going to be so many pulled hammies. I wonder what lawsuits come out of that epidemic. Imagine they hook that up with like some sort of the addition to the uh, the Wii Fit game or the, oh, yeah. the Switch Fit, uh, like the the trainer with mm-hmm. the ring thing. Yeah. Add to that like uh, functionality. You never know. What what's funny to me with all of, with Wii Sports in particular, adding the like leg strap and, and you know all all these types of games uh, Nintendo puts out is like this is their step into VR without like or like the metaverse, and, and I think it's like a good first step, and it's like where we are in terms of the metaverse, like practically, like this is something that we could do um and it'll be fun and it's like you can't be touching people inappropriately in the metaverse or like getting into people's space not selling nfts it's like i think an actual progression of like where we were going with this type of technology that some of the american companies and like social media platforms have just been trying to jump over um and it's something that you know we had with starting with the wii and kind of nintendo is perfecting um and it's like a good mix between the what like Facebook wants the metaverse to be and like VR and like what humans are capable of handling. Well, what Facebook wants the metaverse to be uh, won't be possible until everyone has an omnidirectional uh, uh, treadmill in their house. Treadmill, yeah. For like full walking. Uh, just just because you bring it up here. Um, other news of the week is Nintendo did say that they are not they are not interested in getting involved with the metaverse yet. Dun, dun, they said they said uh, we might consider something if we can find a way to convey a Nintendo approach to the metaverse that many people can readily understand. But we do not think that this situation that this is the situation at the present that's, time. That's an extremely Nintendo um, response. Yes. But that's a yeah, a digression. But still, it was you know worth bringing up. Yeah. Uh, so that was there was Switch Sports. Switch Sports. Oh man, that I mean that definitely eclipsed everything else for me. Yeah. Like you know, I was enjoying I was well, enjoying myself watching watching through the direct. But then uh, you know we the like you know Nintendo Switch Sports. I'm just like I'm hooting and hollering like at, at my computer. Just you know yeah yeah just let's fucking go. Like so excited. I, like, I just was brought back Rick immediately back and to forth, 2008. Like, I was watching Jersey Shore. I was fist pumping. Hell yeah. Man, I'm so excited for that. Um, One we forgot to talk about, though, that I'm very excited for is the Kirby Cussy. Okay. Yeah, man. He's he, what, What's that we, Kirby? We, we what's shall that not Kirby refer to him, him as that. <laughs> Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Where it, it, just... His name will be Carby. <laughs> Carby? No. It's Carissi. <laughs> Kabursi. Kabursi. Kabursi, yeah. Kabursi, yeah. yeah. You know, you could be a cone, you turn into a car. You know, he's got that guac guac. He's fucking eating everything up. <laughs> I mean, I was excited for that. You, you, you're making some jokes, but it did actually look pretty, like, decent for what they showed off. Like, like I agree. It's definitely a Kirby game for once. People Of everything they've shown for it so far, it looks like the actually showed the most meat like everything else that they've shown before i was like oh wow that looks really you know empty yeah. you know the environment sure looks cool but everyone everything else looks empty but now they showed some some good stuff people were some uh, cool platforming people were like 
comparing it to Mario Odyssey, um, especially I mean, with the mechanic of like the yeah. eating the it, different it, objects. It, it's a hundred percent got Cappy all over the idea of yeah. taking over the inanimate objects, like. And so people were excited for it because of that, because yeah. you know Mario Odyssey like, was it, such it a great like game. It looked like a good 3D Kirby. We haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah. I guarantee you that uh, we'll get for March prediction time. I bet you March they're going to give us the N64 Kirby uh, 64 game on the expansion pack. That'd be cool. Oh, on uh, on the online. Yeah, that's my prediction as build up for the launch because that's uh, March 25th, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, a a similar sport game also been mentioned already but the the mario strikers battle league that looks that looks fun to me um i mean i never played the the last one was gamecube right that was it was gamecube right was there there, there there was some on gamecube there was one on wii uh i think Wii was the last one on the way right um but you know i i i describe it as it looks like uh a a Mario Universe version of Games Workshop's Blood Bowl, which is just you know football, but you uh, kill each other. Okay, cool. And you know this, uh, it just gave me those vibes. You know, it's extremely silly. Yeah, and, silly over the and, top and farcical anime powers. Yeah, no, it looks great though. I I forget the name of it. Might be Calcio Historico, and it's uh, Florence's version of soccer. <laughs> And it's same shit. It's just bloodbath soccer that they they play in sand, so the sand absorbs the blood, and it just goes on for days. Um, and you know it's fitting with Mario that he'd be playing an Italian game. I just no, can't I'm excited. wait. I'm to, excited like, for kick that. Kick someone in the face as Yoshi. <laughs> I like the. I, I'm just imagining. Say so like it, they actually looked like they were embracing Donkey Kong's villainous uh, villainous nice. history in the trailer. Yeah, he was teaming up with Bowser. Is Birdo in this? Probably. That's the important question. Hey, we all we all know if she is, she needs to be nerfed immediately. Nerf Birdo. <laughs> that that nose is too powerful. Um, but yeah, but then the, I mean, there was a whole bunch of other stuff that was that was released. We um, a fire some other ones Luso, that uh, Fire Emblem Warriors game. Yep the yeah the Fire Emblem Three War or yeah Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. What yeah what are your thoughts on that? it's uh, it's weird because like the i don't like the whole trend of making these like spin-off games actually have like canon stories which is what they've been doing with these uh spin-off warriors or the the musto games recently like uh persona 5 strikers is a or like the hyrule warriors yeah, or uh, hyrule warriors age of calamity in particular because the original hyrule yeah. warriors wasn't connected in the sense of like it had zelda characters in it but there was no story there really but Age of Calamity really ties in with Breath of the Wild. Now they're doing that again with Three Hopes. It's just kind of like, I guess those games just don't really mesh with me. So that's what kind of annoys me about it is that they're putting story mm. for these games that I enjoy in these games that I don't really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I like the, I, I enjoy, I always enjoy like, uh, I'd say the two types of genres that I like, the or at least combat types that I like the most, I love strategic turn-based combat and then i really like you know action adventure stuff so you know the the you know three houses the the turn-based strategy and then this is definitely has the more action oriented yeah, it's, stuff it's a hack that, and slash. that i that i do like as well but like i something about the the mob 
aesthetic yeah, that's, to those games. It's just you fight a thousand enemies. Like. That's the whole like gimmick of these games, and it's yeah, it just, it just looks weird. To makes me. all the powers feel weird because like what should be fighting one person is fighting like fifty, and it's just weird scaling. You see, like you see, like uh, you see, like yeah, a thousand guys getting smushed into a ball. Yeah. Uh, and it's just you know doing ragdoll physics you know together it's just like i don't know it, it breaks my immersion a little bit yeah. it's but it's one of those, like, uh, i still need no, to finish no, no, no ill will to anyone who likes those games like all the power to you right like, oh never like i'm happy yeah, you never. got a game that you enjoy i'm just a little upset i wish that we would keep these spin-off games story free so that i don't have to uh either miss out on the content or you know suffer through the content in a way hmm. like slog through in a way it doesn't deserve so any others that stuck out to you guys any other games that like are you that's got you excited or skeptical or well, whatever anything th- th- there were a couple of the, really the, the smaller jrpg uh remasters that they were doing like uh live a live is what they were calling it live alive live alive i think Isn't it's it live alive I think technically it's live a live but yeah because of the like weird japanese translation bullshit uh uh-huh. That that JRPG looks super cool to me. It looks like the predecessor to Octopath, which is uh, I really like the idea of all the different stories that you can play through uh, throughout history. That seems cool. That one's the first 2D HD game that's actually gotten that's piqued my interest. Have you looked at Octopath? I have not. The only the only other current one that's on my radar is Triangle Strategy, yep. which was also a uh, strategy announced. But uh, right. That's if you ever want to try, I you there's a free demo on Switch eShop. I think it's also free demo on Steam, but I also have the physical copy on Switch if you want to just borrow that uh, to try it out. But um, the next one would be Chrono Cross, the Chrono Cross remaster with the text based yes. uh, adventure that they the 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 like the origins of the Chrono Cross thing. Yeah, yeah that has got me excited too, purely for the the to be able to experience the the text-based absolutely is just something that like you know we were basically we're basically too too young to have really really been a part of yeah no it just it makes my it makes like the the pen and paper fan in me like very interested then my final one that i would add in there would be a xenoblade chronicles 3 and that's just because you know i've played the other two you're giving me a third one that ties the other two together easter eggs all I over. forget are these the game are these the games that you said is your your number one uh waifu simulator as waifu collection simulator game that, that, that is the second one yes okay okay i wasn't, it's, I wasn't they're not sure. all waifus there are there are males that you also collect they're also husbands sure husband yeah. yeah okay what got me upset about that game was you know we talked about earlier Pokemon Legends Arceus oh. <laughs> being unfinished. Looking and, you know, at the Nintendo, Yeah, Nintendo was like, oh, the limitations of the Switch. Meanwhile, you have oh, the Switch, yeah. You have Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which looks fucking amazing, the environment. And then, you know, Legends Arceus, you could see the tiles that they copied and yeah. pasted well, like, for you know all the individual environments. Mon- Monolith Soft has had their hands on all of the good looking Switch games, essentially. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2, Breath of the Wild, they did environment design help with Nintendo. And I believe they also worked on Astral Chain with Platinum Games uh, to also help with the world design there. And pretty much any game that Monolith Soft 
uh, Soft helps out on ends up just being like gorgeous on the Switch in a way that other games just don't really get to match. They definitely have the the code right to get the most out of the yeah. Switch. I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, what they showed of it looked fantastic. Um, so hopefully... Imagine Game Freak watching that trailer and not seeing like characters pop in from distance and be like, wait, what? What do you mean you can <laughs> render from distance? <laughs> All right, but so the announcement that probably got the most people pissed off, uh, you know, the one the one thing that like you know people probably didn't like was the you know ever the big prediction for this direct was oh they're gonna announce Mario Kart Nine, uh, you know they're gonna announce the new Mario Kart, uh, and Nintendo said fuck you, how about a paid DLC instead? Hold on, but see, I have a hot take on this. I actually I, think it's better. Go for it. Yeah, I agree with Matt. I think it's better. Like, there's nothing wrong with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe mechanics-wise. Like, how much can you right. add to it? Like, they've gotten it down, like, the racing game down really well. So, all you could really add are different tracks. And I don't they're want them to 48 release. of them, which is a lot. Yeah, they're adding tons of tracks. That's so much. Like, more than I would expect them to release in Mario Kart 9. And it's and I mean, more than they released in the new uh, Mario Party, where they gave us fucking five, uh, ooh, yeah. you know, five places. Five to, boards. Five boards yeah. to play on. And what's it, $24? $24 I, I for 48 for, for, the full, for the full thing, yeah. It's also but, or you could just do Switch expansion patch. Yeah, you could just do what the comrades here have done and uh, get a get a bunch of uh, friends and do a family a family pass. Yeah, because yeah, we're family here. Yeah. in the podcast, we, we, we paid twenty dollars each for a year, and we got the whole expense. Yeah. Uh, so we we got it for cheaper, cheaper. Yeah, and, cheaper than. And even than if we didn't have that sure. twenty four dollars for all those new uh, yeah. maps, the one thing is the one thing is that they are uh, they're releasing them in wave. The the yeah. Yeah, it's wave Still. wave release, not Still, I, I think that's that, that, that's probably just to keep people dump. playing as they go. Yeah. That you don't mm. just drop them all one day. People play for like two weekends where they just don't stop. No, right. and like I said, what how are they going to improve much more on like the racing aspect of that game or like the character design? They're not going to like change like anything if, like if that. If I see Mario Kart 9, Mario Kart 9 needs to functionally do something different than mario yeah, kart exactly it needs to do something i don't, I don't know that, that improves on say that disney racing game looks pretty innovative to me <laughs> i love me it's innovative in its cross-platform maybe yeah but. we gotta we gotta shout that out yeah that game looks like doo-doo dog shit well, i love and, that uh, all the like big ip studios are like all right we need to do this nintendo's yeah, let, had let, their let's make they've a had their racing one for a while yeah, they've had a kart racer mm-hmm. for a while, and then they just added the Smash uh, ripoff, you know, at the end of last year. So, of course, Disney had to get in on this. I'm surprised they're still licensing uh, characters to Smash, Disney. Like, I, I would love to see how that, that contract works. Who are you talking about? Just Sora? Just Sora. So, Sora's a weird IP, like, mess. No, I know. It's almost Why are like his a shoes so big? Why are his I don't, shoes so big? I don't big? trust him. What? The real yeah, question. I don't trust someone with, sho- with shoes that large. Or Kyrie. I would just love to see that the contracts keeping that in uh, in Smash Bros. Or like how much money uh, Disney's making off that. You say, because like 
you'd think that Sora would be controlled by Square just because he's like an original character. But Disney's like, nope, anything in Kingdom Hearts is ours other than like your exact characters. Yeah. Like Cloud and Sephiroth and Leon. Is Sora in the Disney racing game? I don't thought I saw him in a commercial. Was he was he there? It's possible. They they talk about how they're gonna they're also gonna be adding shit to it. Well, yeah, Yeah, it's adding shit and rolling shit out. You gotta add new characters all the time. It was a good direct. Right, so well, five out of ten. It, it is, and you know, before we get, you know, the people saying like, "Oh, you know, we're just, you know, billing, riding, uh, you know, yeah, shilling for Nintendo." We've got to, you know, come in and, and say the other big Nintendo news of the week. You know, we just got to say, <laughs> Nintendo is not your friend. No matter what they try to market themselves as, you know, they're just this friendly, you know, your friendly neighborhood, uh, you know, entertainment purveyors. You know, they are not your friend. They are not in this for you they're not in this for the you know say the art of the games and the you know the the history of these games i'd like uh, to propose they're, a, they're a brief moment the... of silence for the death of the wii u and 3ds shops may they rest in peace yeah all right f's in yeah, the chat yeah, all the and, friends they rip in peace to the yeah to the e-shops um as of may 2023 they are not accepting credit card payment anymore yeah they're going they're going bye-bye no that's so may that's may of this oh sorry they're no they're no longer doing the credit card stuff and then then august of this year you can you no longer use the nintendo eShop card to add funds um but then until or say even then after march 2023 when the things go down they are still saying you can possibly it is possible to re-download games and dlc and receive updates to things you have already purchased, but you've got to buy before then. Um, and this, of course, you know, not really surprising stuff. The 3DS is 11 years old and the Wii U is, you know, 10 years old. And the, you know, the, these digital stores, you know, they close all the time that that happens. I think the saddest um, thing about it, honestly, is like for the 3DS is like, you look at it, the 3DS is basically killing a line of backwards compatibility that went all the way back to the original DS because all DS titles upward could be played on three DSs. So when the DS died for the DSI, the DS was still there. When the DSI died for the three DS, you could still play your DSI and DS games on your three DS. It was fine. Uh, When the new three DS XL thing came out, like everything was still fine. And now they're finally killing it. And that's a lot of time. That's almost 20 years. When did the DS come out? 2003? 2004? No, um, later than that. I think 07 is the DS. But I, I think it goes back even farther because I have a 3DS with a, um, a Game Boy Advance cartridge. Yeah. Slot. I mean, the I original DS didn't even bring that, up the fact that they 3DS left that cartridge that. slot on there. Yeah. So, and they left that on until like 2013 or something like that. Yeah. You know, mm. the, the, it's a huge, you know, and it trend can play Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color games, uh, original yeah. Game Boy games. Like that's, so I could I, play all all the would, games that I've had since I was like, you know, eight years old on my 3DS. Um, why I'll never. And now, get if rid you want to do that, you have to buy an analog pocket for two hundred dollars. If you could buy it at that price, it's usually selling for seven hundred dollars on eBay. Jesus. So Matt, what would you say are like the the biggest losses in the classic? 
uh, you know, the classic uh, legacy content. So, I mean, when you look at it, uh, really the biggest losses all just come from the virtual console because you're now going to be losing access to, um, for example, last year when Metroid Dread was coming out, there was a huge uptick in sales on the eShop on the Wii U and the 3DS for Metroid Fusion because everyone wanted mm. to play the game prior to Metroid Dread. Uh, so that's an example of what the, the types of games you're going to be losing out on are all of those previous titles that, you know, you could go on to the eShop and buy for five bucks and, you know, own them forever and play them uh, on your nice, you know, nice little Nintendo hardware. That still um, works great. Yeah. No, like, like all, even being I, 10 I, years I can't old. Even, I can't even single out uh, maybe just for a couple off the top of my head, Golden Sun. Would, if you've got a 3DS, go buy Golden Sun. If you have a Wii U, go buy Golden Sun. Uh, they are games that you cannot buy physical. They're so much more expensive physical from uh, collectors. Uh, you have like all of the Pokemon handheld games that you can get on the virtual consoles. Like it's really hard when you look at that, like shutting all that down. I like, I kicked myself for selling my 3DS years ago when the Switch came out, thinking that all of the 3DS content would come over to the Switch because why wouldn't it? Because that's the, the logical evolution of if you're going to be killing a, a, a handheld line for a new handheld line. And that has it had always been Nintendo's, you know, you, they had always deviated from like Xbox and uh, yeah. the PlayStation it, and, it, and killing. Yeah, the Wii, the Wii had a GameCube slot on it. Uh, yep. Uh, the Wii U could play Wii games. The GameCube had a Game Boy Advance slot that you could purchase. Yeah. Uh, there's just like the, it kind of puts a dash on the hope that the next new Nintendo console, not the Switch Pro or whatever, like the next new thing past the Switch, like you'd hope that it would still have a Switch slot on it. So you could still play Switch games or the, the Switch cartridge style stays with it because that's the, the format they stick with. But, you know, who knows now? Who knows if they want to support that? According to Nintendo themselves, they have no obligation to preserve classic content. What do you mean? They deleted that post. That doesn't exist. Yeah, they, they that was on a their like FAQ about it or whatever. And the it's still there if you like on the archive in the internet archive. But yeah, they deleted a question that I think was posed by uh, you know, um actual good games journalist, um, Gene Park, the he's like the gaming correspondent for the Washington Post. Um the question was, you know, once it is no longer possible to purchase software in Nintendo eShop on Wii U and the Nintendo 3DS family of systems, many classic of game, many classic games for past platforms will cease to be available for purchase anywhere. Will you make classic games available to own some other way? If not, then why? Doesn't Nintendo have an obligation to preserve its classic games by continually making them available for purchase? They had a late, uh, some like, you know, they had a response, but then the end was, we currently have no plans to offer class classic content in any other ways other than, yeah. you know, the switch online uh, subscription service, which again is not a, is not a, an actual ownership. Yeah, no, they, that they, is they, they a took extremely away the tenuous to license. That, the games for five bucks, two bucks, $1. Yeah, I mean, like it's all streaming, depending on if you have an internet connection or not. I mean, they're right though that they don't have any obligation to, you know, to do anything with their copyright except what they see fit, you know. So they're, they're, they're not, not wrong. wrong. They're just assholes. It sucks. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. No. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I'm not saying that that they're like that they're like breaking some like you know like uh, even like I say a fiduciary responsibility yeah. to to make those games. I'm not making that argument, but it's like. 
it is so egregious, particularly with how litigious Nintendo is about copyright efforts made made to preserve their, you know, say their game history. Again, it's clear that Nintendo does not care about their games. They're let they are willing to let the legacy content fade into oblivion and not let uh you know and go after anybody who tries to like create something like emulators or whatever to to simulate the this gameplay there was this weird moment for me a couple years back when nintendo was releasing they were calling their classic consoles they released the nes classic and the snes classic and they were releasing these you know modern small versions of these old consoles with like 30 or 40 games on them and I looked at that and it was like, okay, so it's not the greatest method of preservation, but if they're going to do that and they're going to release, you know, once every two years, a new mini console of a, a legacy hardware with the best titles on it for like 50 bucks, it's like, that's not horrible. I can stomach that, you know, I, I'll buy the the two of them. They, they look nice. They play well on a modern um, hardware, but then they just kind of stopped doing that. Like they stopped at the SNES, you know, they never gave us the Game Boy classic. They never gave us the N64 classic, you know, the the logical next step. It's kind of coincided with this uh, Nintendo Online really like taking foothold. Yeah, they just found a cheaper way to, you know, accomplish the same thing and, you know, make the same amount of money or more. But Ben, you brought up an interesting point of like they have no fiduciary duty uh, to like, you know, continue these games it, it would be interesting you know if there was like a shareholder suit on how you know saying arguing that moving to the streaming platform is actually less lucrative for the shareholders than if they were to harmful keep, to them yeah. yeah like they're you're losing money when there's you know you could potentially make more money by you know continuing the Wii East you know the Wii U e-store or, or even you know as Matt was saying like putting out these uh you know the legacy hardware I, I doubt it would ever happen or like go anywhere but it's just like an interesting I think hypothetical um of using the law as it currently is to help gamers game better so Nintendo got slammed by the Video Game History Foundation for for this thing. Just this one line here. Not providing commercial access is understandable, but preventing institutional work to preserve these titles on top of that is actively destructive to video game history because they also, not only do they go after like content creators and stuff, say like the 1300 DMCA claims they filed against a single YouTube channel for putting out uh, game soundtracks. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but, but not even doing that. It's like they pay uh, millions of dollars to fund lobbying efforts that prevent libraries from even getting legal access to some of these games. It's insane. I don't understand it. It's our copyright. Say, so how is it not? But it's like, how is it not in their so like in their long term benefit to again to preserve the you know say the bedrock of what made their company what I'll, it is i'll try to be an you know, optimist how- here and try to look at things with a positive spin so that there's a like another thought process but maybe all of this bad pr that they're getting from all of this is going to make them internally do some changes because they don't always like that I that would, bad I press would. to stick to them for very long sometimes they'll throw out the distraction so card and be like up, oh look new but- game stop talking about it but Maybe I mean, right. maybe they'll internally change it up and be like, hey, you know, you can 
get Switch Online and you get all the the legacy games included, or you can go to the eShop and you can yeah. buy them for two bucks a piece or who, something like that. Who knows? Maybe it's like they're being tight-lipped about it because it's like, you know, maybe they do have plans to roll it out in the future and they're like, we're not going to, you know, because that is like, it goes back to the earlier part of our conversation. They don't get ahead of themselves in that way. It's a, it's a possibility. Okay. I mean, I, I see it. I, I potentially see that, but I don't know. I, again, I come down to Nintendo is not your oh, friend. Oh no, don't absolutely. Like right now that. they are not doing themselves any favors. I'm just trying to look at mm-hmm. a positive way of thinking about maybe this will be the catalyst that makes them think about it differently. Uh, I, I will say though, that in certain respects, video game companies are more responsive to consumer criticism than like any other industry. They're still not great at it, but like, you know, in this episode, we have one example of, you know, Horizon Forbidden West. They they changed one thing for the better. And then, you know, there was an even shittier thing after it that, you know, uh, a large percentage of 20 million people that bought the game were buying it for $10 more than it theoretically oh, should have been. Not, not, not the 20 million people, because that's the Zero Dawn sales numbers. Yeah. Uh, Zero Dawn was... Uh, sold at the same prices across platform i thought the uh forbidden west had 20 million as well no uh, that's no that was the announcement if forbidden west now. had sold 20 million that would be essentially 100 percent attachment rate to every ps5 and a decent attachment rate to the ps4 player base no, all right that would so, be insane. so whatever that they're would be however many they sold no, I swear I, I'm gonna have still to still a lot. They did it was a good it was a good launch. No, it was a good no launch, but I'm, I'm telling was you su- the twenty million was number successful was Okay. I yeah, no, you, then no, the video game that. journalists are you know worse than I thought. Because I swear to God, in that Hogue Law uh article, you know, when they were talking about the class action, they were throwing the twenty million and maybe they were just like comparing it to zero dawn and I'm an idiot, which is probably more likely. But you know, regardless, I mean, would twenty million potentially be the the, the number of money? No, no, because it was, 20, uh, 20 million was copies was the zero dawn, the zero dawn number, and twenty million copies is more than. No, I think what I think I just messed it up, and they were comparing, uh, you know, like saying if zero dawn sold twenty million, and you know, the numbers yeah. of Forbidden West come close to that, you know. As using it as like an analogy but i mean i think you know the point still stands that the video game companies we've seen make little gestures to the consumer more so than i think other companies do and but then they come and fucking backhand you anyways and you know do something shitty after so i i kind of agree with matt that maybe nintendo will like maybe extend the the access to the wii u store longer or you know oh, yeah. something something like small virtue signaling gesture to the consumer that like oh we took your um your complaints to heart and we want you to still have access to our wonderful games blah blah blah, and like kind of have a little pr win but then you know in in the long term they add nfts to mario or some shit like that you know it's one of those things that like you saw it in the chat yesterday. I sent those two lists of the uh, the Wii U and 3DS games. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. let's look at these two catalogs real quick and see if there's anything that I should like go back out and purchase these two consoles for to like reacquire so that I can play that game, you know, for preservation's purpose. And I was looking at the Wii U, and the Wii U has essentially all been ported into the Switch at this point. Like every yeah. good, Wii well, that was U the easier game. one to port. Yeah. 
every good Wii U game is essentially on the Switch now, except for Xenoblade Chronicles X, RIP. Feels like we're never going to get it. Oh, well. Uh, but, like, that's okay. The, the virtual console that you can access on the Wii U is nice, though, because you can play it on the TV. So that's probably, uh, if I'm going to do it, I'm probably going to do that for that. Uh, but the 3DS, you look at the 3DS catalog, and then you look at just how impossible it would be for those to be ported over to the Switch, because, you know, you don't have that dual screen, which becomes so necessary yep. for some of those games. Right. Unless they release, I mean, this would actually, no. I'll, I'll say this, put it into the, the atmosphere so it becomes real, and then I'll hate it. Nintendo's totally going to make a, like, second screen attachment that you slide your Joy-Cons into. And then you, that's how you you emulate 3DS and DS titles on the TV. They're going to give you like a second screen hmm. that you... Or, or it's just going to be shitty like uh, Brilliant Diamond and Pearl where, you know, when you need to use that bottom screen feature, it's just like pops up into the top right-hand corner of your main screen and just like takes up space for no reason. I just know that Nintendo likes to sell when they release yeah, their virtual console hardware. stuff. They like to sell uh, a... Con uh, controllers and stuff with it and if they're yeah. going to release like ds titles on that it's totally going to be a thing you slide your joy cons into that's going to simulate the the game pad of the the ds or the three yesterday all right well so there's a lot a lot uh actually going on and i mean so much happened these past two weeks like we actually kind of skipped over a whole bunch of things but i thought it was a good conversation um any uh any closing points Nintendo, if no companies are I'm a designer. Mm -hmm. Pay us for them, yes. All right, so it's plug time. Um, we've already mentioned we we stream uh, every week over at twitch.tv slash campaign underscore comrades. We do our, our weekly group streams most often on Fridays. Um, by the time this uh yeah this comes out we should hopefully have a, an upcoming stream on on that friday and the uh, monday then, yeah, before we, we if you're somehow a time traveler exactly yes or want to watch uh, yeah come back yes definitely that's that's also worthwhile but otherwise check us out on twitter uh at campcom pod um it's the you know best way to figure out uh or hear you know what we've got going on what's going on oh i think matt uh it's got a uh a blog post coming out uh sometime soon on the on the patreon open to the public though for for now well, yeah um it was, uh, mike was do, fun... you, do you have like a? am pretty sure it's patreon.com slash campaign comrades no underscore okay. but you could find it from our cool. twitter it's in the link tree right um yeah so that, again we that's that's it. that's when that's going up whenever i uh finish editing it or ben we'll say it. hopefully by the by the time this this uh this episode is up um but uh yeah i think uh i think that's it unless you guys got anything else of your own that you're looking to plug no i think that's it all right it's time for me to go back to uh you know playing more forbidden west i haven't decided only got, if only i'm got playing like more sifu four hours into becoming it becoming a kung fu master or if i'm gonna chill out and play some final fantasy one picture Oh, that sounds fun. That sounds nice. All right, though. Till next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.